Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of New Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. This podcast is available in all the podcast apps. If you haven't subscribed, please do so, so you get an alert every time I post a new episode. Please rate me as well. It helps others discover the podcast. How are you doing, breathers? Yeah? That's my name for all of you who are taking time to breathe and be in the present moment. I hope you've had a good week. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Dorothy Oko. And when I'm not doing my day job in communications, I facilitate a mindfulness course at Google called Search Inside Yourself. Today's quote is from David Oasi. Vulnerability is at its core, the heart and center of meaningful human experiences. Choosing to be vulnerable is choosing to be courageous. Being vulnerable is key to building strong relationships, improving trust, and staying authentic and true to yourself. This quote is exemplified by my guest today, Priscilla Mohio. General Manager of Glovo Kenya. Prior to this, she was Head of Marketing for Glovo Africa and before that, Head of Marketing at Sendi and OLX. Priscilla is also a blogger and her blog, Confessions of a Career Woman, is about living an authentic and vulnerable life. She's a mentor to a number of startups and a mother of three. This is part two of my talks with Priscilla. Welcome, Priscilla. Welcome to New Head. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me today. Thank you so much for making time for me. Mm -hmm. This is the practice of New Head. Mm -hmm. We take a moment mm -hmm. to fully arrive. Okay. What we do is just we breathe because you've been all over the place driving to my place. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's take a moment <laughs> to breathe in and bring ourselves to this present moment. Yeah, so our guiders, what we do is we breathe in to a count of five. We will hold to a count of two, and then we will release the breath through the mouth to a count of five. Okay. And we will do that three times. Okay. Awesome. Yeah? I like All that. Right. I really like that. Great. <laughs> okay. Let's start. So we let's breathe in. Mm -hmm. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out slowly through the mouth. And now let your breathing return to its normal rhythm. Just breathing in and out. Not holding anything. Just feeling your breath. Nice. And yeah, bring your presence ah, back to the room. Thank you. Actually, it worked very well for me. Ah, I feel refreshed already. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. That's something I do in between my meetings, mm. just to be able to 
Be present. Be present. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I'll Welcome. definitely steal that idea. <laughs> Welcome. Now that we have fully arrived and that we're in the present moment, let's continue with our session with Priscilla. We're talking about the power of being vulnerable on leaving her marriage and raising a child with autism. I wanted us to talk about mm -hmm. vulnerability. Yes. You talk about it in your blog. You say there's such power in being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such courage in being vulnerable. I agree. I because when I read, you know, your blog and you talk about your stories, you're so vulnerable. I think that it takes so much courage. It does. Talk to us about what got you to this place where you're willing to let people see who Priscilla is inside mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. I think for me it started by when, when I, one day I told my story to a friend and she confessed that she was going through the same thing, yet we've been friends for a while. And uh, yeah, she, she never told me, I never told her. We have, we hung out, but there's this perfect life that we both portray. Mm. So it actually hit me, like had she told me her story. Maybe I would have left my marriage a, a, yeah, a while back. Yes. And maybe the other way around, if I had I told her my story, maybe there's something else she should have done, you know? And yet we are good friends, mm. you know? We just had, it was one of those random lunches we had. Right. And then we're like, oh my God, I've known you for so long mm. and you've known me so, for so long and we've never talked about this. And I realized that sometimes we go through things and we think by telling people about what we are going through. Of course, I'm not saying you go and advertise what you're going through. Mm. Of course, there's this circle of friends that right. I, people you trust that right. you can share your story with. Mm. But just keeping quiet, mm. actually, uh, it, it's actually a weakness, not a strength. Actually, you, it's keeping quiet is a weakness. Not Vulnerability is a strength and not a weakness. Right. You know? But like, is it fear? Is it fear that makes us say, if I say this, then I look imperfect? Exactly. And I want people to know that my life is quite together. Yeah, and then uh, it doesn't benefit anyone by looking like your life is perfect to everyone. Like, mm. you're doing it for the other party. For you, you're actually harming yourself. Right. Yeah. So, actually, that was the day I realized, by the way, what am, what am I doing? What are mm. we doing? Like, we actually sat down and said, we should come up with a, with a, post, a program where we just sit and let, let mm. a few women come together and talk about their story. Because it gives you courage and strength. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the day I started sharing. Mm. So, I look for each, every opportunity I get. Wow. So that's actually, I started a blog because of her, mm. that conversation. Right. I, I started realizing even in the workplace, the more vulnerable we become, the more people realize you're a human being as a leader. Mm. You're, before you're a leader, you're a human being. You're a human and being. you have issues and mm. you still have, yeah, yeah, you still have going through things. It, it, actually, it was very powerful for me mm. after that conversation. Mm. And um, I, I have known my friend for a while mm. and I've never thought like, she right. would go through something like that and the other way around us. So right. that's the day I decided I am going to take advantage of every opportunity mm. to tell my story. Because I think if I, she had told me or I had told her, mm. probably would have made better decisions. You know, Because right. I trusted her. Right. I trusted her 100% and she trusted me, but yet we were not very open about these right. things. But also it's because the society expects us to be perfect. Society expects you to be this perfect wife. Yeah. To yeah, because um, I remember even when I, we, I was still married, and we would go for functions, and people mm. would admire us as a couple. Right. Wow, look at them, the yes. couple of the year. So um, I didn't want to taint that, and mm. then also the excuse I gave myself is I don't want to shame my ex husband. Mm. You know, I don't want to shame right. him. 
I don't want to, you know, they say, uh, hang your dirty linen in public right. or something. In Lua, we have a proverb that actually says, and they'll tell you, is yes. that whatever happens at home, you cover it. Cover it. You always cover. Mm. You don't shame your family. Yes. So you always cover. Yes. And in that covering, there's a lot that's covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. A lot that's so covered. So also, a, a society has shaped mm. us to believe that you're not supposed to share mm. your story. Mm. Because when you do that, you're actually embarrassing your spouse, right. hanging your dirty linen in public. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that has an element to play because I know that, uh, rather, I have been conditioned to think that mm. a, a, a woman is the, the one who holds the family. Right. And if things are not working out, mm. it's my fault. So I have to, right. f- uh, yeah. So I don't want people to know that I can't do this. Mm. Yeah. And then there's something I even keep, like, I think I've told you this, that people need to realize that the day your husband, unfortunately, harms you, mm. kills you, unfortunately, right. uh, no one will give you a medal. No one right. will celebrate you. Right. No one will ever say that, oh my God, she's still in a bad marriage. Congratulations. Well done. No one right. will give you a medal. Right. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, you, you you probably get a bit of stigmatization whenever you leave a right. marriage. Exactly. There's a stigma around being divorced. Mm. Although I'm seeing it improving, to be honest with mm. you. Um, the fear, I, I used to have a lot of fear around that, but right. it's not as bad as I thought it yeah. would be. I think it's because uh, it's seen as a failure, or mm. you feel as a failure, mm-hmm. because there is this, if you're successful, then... Your marriage should be a success. Yeah, and you've done it. You've done it. You've done it. Now, yeah. how can you be successful in all areas except in mm. your marriage? Mm. And therefore, the stigma mm-hmm. from there because the, the feeling of failure is so real. Yes, yes. Yeah. But at the same time, I've seen mm. good marriages. Right. So I've seen um, marriages that are working out very right. well. They, they respect each other. They mm. obviously have the usual marriage issues, but right. they're they still together. So I, I don't believe that. I believe in the institution of marriage. Right. I just got it wrong the first time, you mm. know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So at the same time, I do believe that there are good marriages, and mm. it's possible for you to have a good career and a good marriage. Right. It's just that I, I got it wrong the right. first time. Right. But yeah, back to the vulnerability story. Um. So ever since I had a chat with my friend, I said okay for platforms. Mm. I said to start a blog. Um. I said writing. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the hardest thing also I had, had had to deal with in my past was my child being um, autistic. Tell us about that. I wanted to ask you. That was mm-hmm. almost a whole section on itself. Okay. So, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Your first child. Mm-hmm. Excited. I, I, you know, when I look at every mother is just, you Excite. go, you get a baby, you're excited, the baby, you know, everything. At what point did you discover that your baby is autistic? So uh, when my son was about two and a half, I realized mm. he's not babbling any words. And um, I remember being told, don't worry, boys take time. Mm. You know, they're not like girls. Girls are first time talking, etc. So I did take my time. So when he was three, that's when now I decided to take him to Gertrude's. They have a child development center. Mm. So initially when we took him, uh, they found that he had what we call glue ear. Glue ear is when some of the amniotic fluid uh, clogs the ear. So he had a problem hearing. So that's why when you call him, he would not respond. Right. So I thought that was the issue. Yeah, so they got it out, like they fixed it, mm. and uh, he had a procedure, they fixed it, and uh, still no improvement. Mm. So uh, the problem at that time is that I did not know what autism was. At all, you never I, I heard of the word? I never heard the word. In fact, I remember when the doctor wow. told me it's mild autism, I was like, 
is that like cerebral palsy? What is mm. that? So I, because the thing about autistic children, they are super normal. You can't tell you when you look at one tell. physically. You yeah. cannot tell at mm. all until when they become two years, three years, when they start having what you call repetitive behavior. Mm. So, because what my son would ha- would do is to take a, like a book and then mm. flap it over and over again. Because mm. they're, when they're nervous, they tend to do what you call isms. Isms mm. are repetitive behaviors over mm. and over again. Mm. I would take um, a plate and spin it over and over again. Mm. I thought it was just playing and mm. not think much of it, mm. but that's an ism. And uh, when I was told about it, I didn't know what to do. And then the problem at that time was I had a lot of information overload. Where I, I'm trying to research about it, I'm trying to ask people about it. Mm. And the problem is everyone has their own theory and their own way of right. doing things. So right. I didn't know what to do. I was very confused. I didn't know. Should I do therapy? I remember at that time there was this whole thing about STEM therapy mm. where you do a surgery. Right. There's another way of doing it, um, Sunrise program. There were so many programs mm. that you could, I said searching also online, there's so many programs mm. that you could, you could like try out. But mm. it was so overwhelming for me and I didn't know what to do. So, uh, so I decided to start with therapy. So I said uh, with occupational therapy. Mm. The problem is that it's not cheap. It's like three thousand shillings per session, and unfortunately, yeah, per hour. Per hour, a session is an hour, mm. and unfortunately, our insurance uh, does not does cover, not does not cover for that. It? Yeah, uh, it's, just, it's a crying shame. I don't yeah, understand it. Yeah. Yes, it's super expensive. Mm. So you can imagine uh, someone who's not able to cut catch up exactly. for that, and they have to do. They have to, you know, take the child. That means the child will just suffer because you make choices. I've got a family, I've got a salary of, we talked about, Mm -hmm. minimum wage, 15K. How could you do? You have to to feed the family. You have have to feed the family. Yeah, exactly. It's it's actually very difficult, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's why it's also uncovered. But you you don't hear about it because then people just keep the children away. Yeah. So I, I know of people who lock their kids exactly in the house. They even chain them, you know. And then they say, you know, especially in the rural areas, they mm. probably say it's witchcraft or it's... Uh, because people, people don't come up know. with things, yes, right. unfortunately. Yeah. But it's possible to solve the situation. Mm. Um, it's not curable, mm. but you can do what we call early intervention. Right, so which is what you did for your son. My, my son. So mm. you, you, do, you can do speech therapy, mm. uh, you can do occupational therapy. They'll still have those... Uh, what do you call them? Once in a while, you see the the, the right. repetitive behaviors. Mm. But um, what I've found is that, like for example, my twelve year old boy right now, you wouldn't tell until I tell you. Right. And he's much calmer. How old is your second boy? Se- second boy is five. Five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Is it because you intervened early? Yeah. It's because right. I intervened early. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, like now even my twelve year old, you cannot tell mm. there's anything wrong. You wow. cannot tell uh, there's anything wrong unless I tell you. Or you start seeing him doing something uh, like fidgeting. Or right. You'll wonder why is he doing that. You, know? you are able to tell that. I'm wondering what about in school? So mm-hmm. or in the you know when he's playing with other children, how do you make them understand yeah. that? And the reason I'm asking because you you share this powerful video on your blog that mm. I think everyone should watch mm. uh, because it breaks it down simply, simply. what autism is mm-hmm. and it's beautiful but mm. um, how do you help other children understand. other relatives understand so they're able to to be present for your child yes so uh, I have another I have I live with a, a 10 year old boy mm. who's my sister's uh, child mm-hmm. so um, he has really really helped my 12 year old especially mm. to like when they go outside to play 
uh, he kind of like he's the one who explains things to the oh, rest. to the other kids. Yes. So how does he explain? I'm curious. Uh, yeah. What does he say? He just says, "This is my brother, and if you see anything, I don't want to see you guys laughing at him." And then, because uh, wow. uh, Fidel has a beautiful soul, when you get mm. to know him over and beyond those isms that he right. has, he's a, he's the kindest person you never met. Mm. Like he has, I don't go through the issues that people go through. Rebellious kids. Yes. He has wow. a routine. Does the same thing over and over again. Like because they are very routine based mm. uh, autism kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah they're very um they need that, they need routine. that routine so he comes from school he puts the bag in the same place it's breakfast and you cannot distort the sequence it oh has it has to be so it's you have to teach even your nanny yes to do the, the sequence. same the sequence then even if it's closed they arrange the same way mm. so after eating the uh, the break uh, the food after school mm. uh, he'll take his fruits and then he'll do his homework. And then after homework, he'll do he'll sit at, at the same place mm. watching TV, eat dinner, same time, same place, same everything. Right. Skip the, yeah. Mm. Actually, when we move house, we mm. have to take a photo of the rooms. It's they, exactly so that the movers will make sure they replicate because mm. uh, they don't like they're not very good with change. Right. Yeah. But um, to be honest, the the biggest hurdle was mm. when he was young because mm. they took time to speak mm. uh, it, I didn't understand what he wanted so they, he would have tantrums like is, hit himself yes, right. yeah, hit himself on the wall at some point I was even because he's getting frustrated yeah you're not understanding what I want yeah. yeah so at some point I had to get him a, a helmet wow yeah wow. yeah actually yeah it was really that bad mm. yeah the child the challenge is usually raising them mm. understanding them and knowing how they like things. So mm. as long as you keep the sequence the same, mm. you make them more comfortable. As long as you're not changing right. the environment. So yeah, yeah. It's important to make sure at least you have mm. you have the consistency mm. the, in the environment. Because they don't understand right. change. They're not very good with dealing with change. But the brain doesn't doesn't get, get it. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But as they mature, they mm. become better with change. Ah, okay. So I've seen him now. Uh, he's okay with you know disrupting the routine a bit. Mm. However, the school routine is the same. Yeah, it has. To <laughs> yeah, be. that one is the same. But so I, do I, you have I, a special teacher? Do you take him? Do you take him to a special school? Uh, no, no, no. You do what you call shadow teacher. Mm -hmm. You get a shadow teacher who is mm. in the class with them for the first few years of their lives. So, oh, really? Yes. So, so is this uh, online and offline? Uh, right now, during COVID, it was it's online. Online, right. And uh, before that, you have a teacher who mm. goes to class with him and like, wow. yes, sits with him. That's also an extra cost. An extra cost. Yeah. And not everyone can afford for that. Exactly. So you can imagine how much the, uh, people are actually struggling out there. And they, right. They don't, first of all, they don't even know it's autism. Exactly, which is why you hadn't heard mm. of it and you exactly. hadn't read of it until you were told because mm -hmm. you're like, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what that Cerebral is. Cerebral palsy, we know, mm -hmm. we've seen. Mm -hmm. You can almost see in someone's formation and go, that's what they have. Mm -hmm. But autism, you can't. The child looks normal. No, no. And sometimes people have it and they don't know it. You can have it and you don't know it. You can have it, like, uh, for example, I'm able to identify because, like, I have a son. Mm. Uh, there's a place where I was working, and one of the team members had it, and they, they didn't seem to know. So, so how do you, okay, so you are the a manager. Yes. How do you deal with that? You can tell this is what you have. I have a son like this, I want to help you, mm -hmm. but you can't be the, you're not a doctor to, <laughs> to, to, uh, to diagnose, to diagnose someone. So what I try to do, because I know it's a social uh, behavioral right. challenge, right. so you'll, you'll see this person is not able to work with teams, you'll see this person is not able to relate with other people very well, mm -hmm. so during lunchtime, you'll see them sitting by themselves, they don't mm -hmm. want to be in crowds, mm -hmm. and then they're affected by, you know, changes, 
So they, they so for such people, we, we need to look for roles that first they don't really really have to work with a team to succeed. They need to be individual, individual contributors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also the second one is that if if the routine if the the work is routine based. Mm. For example, coding is a yeah. sequence. Right. Coding is sequencing. Right. So, they would, so that's, that would they be would a make perfect a, job. Exactly. They would right. make an amazing coder mm. because they are, it's sequential. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then just appre- uh, letting people know around them that they should not judge them or make comments that mm. are going to hurt them. But at this age when he's much older and he's survived, it's hard. It must have been hard for him. But you can tell yeah. that he doesn't have a low self, he doesn't have a good high self-esteem. You can tell right. the way he... He presents himself. He, he always second guess. He, he used to second guess himself a lot. How do you help? Because I'm sure you wanted to help him and yet you can't. So what I used to do, because mm. I, I can relate and I, I don't want him to know that I know because I, I have no right. right to, you know, no, no. Wow, that is tough. Yeah. So what I would do is that since I know how to uh, join, because we, we used, there's a technique called joining. Joining is when an autistic child is enclosed in their own world. Mm. So you have to join their world. For them to come out of their world, you have to join them. Oh, so I used yeah. to employ it, uh, joining where if he's eating uh, in a corner, I go there with my food and I start eating and I don't say anything. Then he'll notice I'm eating as well and he's eating. And yeah, slowly by slowly... You and can... you'd see that that working for him? Yes, because it has worked for my child. Right. Uh, yeah, because sometimes uh, he used to have um, a corner where he used to sit my, mm. my, yeah, and then just flap things. Flap things. Then so you, you he, know there's a problem. There's a problem. So I just go and take something and I start flapping as well. Mm. Then the Lord is, oh, you're flapping. Then we continue flapping together. Right. And before you know it, you get him out of that world. Yeah. Wow. So it's a technique called joining and mm. it works. Mm. Yeah, it has worked for my son. So yeah, I started interacting with him like that. And then also before I knew it, he started saying hi to me. and Because he, he, he could trust you. Yeah. Because so, before he would not say hi to anyone, but now mm. he's saying hi to me. Did others think, wow, what is I'm sure others were thinking, why are you so interested in this person? Yes. I'm sure. But, yes. Um, yeah, the thing about him also, he was not in my team. Right. So, so you can't... I can't really influence, but I could tell and I could, wow. I could see. Wow. So I, I tried all I could to just make him comfortable. So we even became friends. Like. But there's something you've said, which is really, for me, I think, the, the, the painful part. Mm-hmm. There are people who may be autistic in and their adults and they don't know it. They don't know it. How do you help? How does, like, you have this thing, your brain is not seeing things like other brains. Exactly. And no one has told you, your family has raised you, and so you have adjusted, but you're really not whole. Mm-hmm. How do we help? And, and, and I'm wondering, because I, I, I think that it must be so painful, which is why when you helped this person, they were like, they liked you. Yeah. The, the first person they could trust they could who trust. understood them. Mm-hmm. How can we help? I think it starts with awareness. Mm. Uh, I don't think autism is, is, is um, like, it's, it's actually impacting a lot of people. Mm. I can tell you, for example, in my MBA class, mm. I was surprised to find that like two or three parents who have children who are autistic. And, but and no one talks I, about it. How I found out is because we were having tea during mm. the break, and mm. I just mentioned that I have an autistic child, and someone in there was say, oh, even me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, no, it's, it starts with me. Right. It starts with me being open about what mm. I'm going through or rather being open about the fact that I have an autistic child. Right. And then when people feel like, oh, she can talk about it, even me, I can talk about it. Yeah. Did you guys create a group? Where, uh, was like, there something, not a group, like, mm-hmm. but was there this, you understand what I'm going through? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you dealing with it? Did the conversation yes. progress? Yes, uh, 100%. It did. Actually, we started sharing numbers of therapists. That oh, we could fantastic. Okay. Yeah, so this therapist, like now, uh, one, uh, this speech therapy, mm-hmm. there's the therapist we share with my former 
right. MBA colleague. Yeah. Right. So we share one therapist. Mm. Uh, yeah, like her sessions with my son and her son as well. Right. So yeah, yeah, we discovered like like what the, uh, she was able to share with me what her journey has been, what mm. she's tried out, what has worked, what right. has not worked, and I did the same. And yeah, that really really helps. You know, right. sometimes you just feel lost and just need to know exactly what has worked, what has not worked, mm. what not to do or mm. to do. You know, sometimes you just need that avenue. Right. And by sh- talking about it, yeah, you create that avenue for other people as well. Right. Yeah. Which is what you're doing by being mm-hmm. vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You're creating an avenue for other people. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. And you said Fidel is just the most loving um, child. Mm-hmm. He's there. What? What are your aspirations for him? You know, you know that this is something a condition he has to live with. Mm-hmm. How do you want the world to handle? Him. him yeah and help him so the first thing i'm training him to do right now is to mm. be self-dependent so okay. right now I'm tra- he's learning how to cook mm. how to very important yeah to live by mm. like to be self-dependent mm. like and then i my brother uh really really helps me because of uh, the fact that you know he's a boy and there are things i'm not able to you know, yes yeah so he really supports me there mm. so that's the first thing and what i do uh whenever i go to a function i'll, mm. I'll mention i what i do i mention he's autistic mm. So right. you'll see one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah, don't judge him. This is how it is. Da, da, da. So I, I actually... You said, tell that to the kids and the parents. Everyone. Yeah, so whenever I go to a right. function, because the last thing you want is for kids to start laughing at him. Right. The last thing you want is for kids to start, you know, teasing him and all that and bullying him. Do you feel kids understand? So we were talking with, with Esther Masika, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she found that kids are more... Kids are genuine. They want to understand. Yes. Whereas parents, adults are more judgy yeah. and they just give side glances. Do you feel that kids are more understanding? They are. hundred percent. They are. Actually, how I explain it is mm. I say, he's different. Mm. He will do things that don't seem normal to you, mm. but understand he's different. Mm. He, he's not abnormal. Mm. He just has a different way of doing things. And the yeah. kids just they understand. Yeah, right. they understand. So, for example, uh, when he's playing, for example, he likes being the goalkeeper, mm. nothing else. Or when he's free. So, the other kids just need to let, let him let be let the him goalkeeper. Be. Yeah, then right. or when, when he's uh, playing basketball and he's flapping the ball, sometimes mm. he does it because it's now un- like an easy. He do it over and over again and not pass the ball to them. Right. So, he's just understanding. And then he'll be very aggressive if you try and take the ball. Right, because that's his. That's his way of yeah, yeah. his so, anchor. Yeah, so just trying to uh, explain that sometimes when he does that, just let it be. Mm. Yeah, and actually you're you're right. Uh, kids act, <laughs> understand it better. I find sometimes the adults will judge you. Uh, right. I remember someone telling me, "Take care of your kid. He's misbehaving." Oh my! How yeah. did that feel? Yeah. Yeah, he was, it was in a supermarket. I was shopping, and then um, oh, Fidel. Wow. Wanted to, wanted to have something, but mm. for me, it's important not to let him have his way all the time. Right. So I was just telling him, no, I, this, I'm, I'm not going to do this for you now. You mm. have to wait. So he threw a tantrum. So, of course, uh, someone passed by and said, can, can you control the child? What did you say? Oh, my God, that is so painful. Uh, yeah, I know. So, so I, I, nowadays, I choose who to respond to. Yeah. Right. So, because so I, I know if I start engaging that person, it will drain me emotionally, right. and I'm already dealing with this, so right. I just chose to ignore. Mm. But uh, yeah, that tells you a lot. That that tells you people just immediately judge, judge. you right. and assume that you're just not raising your child the right way, mm. as as opposed to sitting down and asking yourself why is this happening and mm. finding out more and how you can help as a person. Right. Yeah, he already he immediately after this was a man, unfortunately, mm. he already immediately judged right. my my parenting are... skills. <laughs> Which yeah. is unfortunate, but I think the mm. more we create awareness about autism, mm. 
the more people understand and know when this is happening right. and then they'll be able to you know already try and see how they can help you know right. so i think it's just a lack of understanding or awareness of autism because mm. it you can imagine now if I did not know what I know right now. Exactly. Yeah. And and this is a question to you because mm. I know that you've managed this at home. You have Fidel is a big boy now. Mm. He's twelve. Oh. He's a man. <laughs> you know he's going to his adolescence. Yes. But you've done it well. Mm-hmm. The wider society is seen by the behavior of this man who assumed, who judged your parental skills. What do you feel mm. we can do to help to educate people and to make them? tolerate what they see and what they don't understand mm. so i think it's uh I, I would want to be part of a com- an awareness campaign for autism just okay. to let people know what it is okay uh what it's about and mm. why it's uh, people how people are different what mm. are the signs what to look out for mm. i think the more people have you thought know, about starting that actually, yourself the reason i'm telling you is because <laughs> right uh yeah i'm a marketer and uh, yes exactly. i can take advantage of my skills to right. get the it yeah, I would want to do that. Uh, okay. Just uh, showcase to people what it's about. Just right. if you could get funding to run a big campaign across right. uh, all media and just mm. creating that awareness. Because um, mm. I think that's what's lacking. People don't get it. They don't right. know. Right. People and, don't get and it. And maybe I should not even judge them for mm. not getting it because they don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. They already don't know. So maybe if we, I believe actually that mm. if we start by creating awareness mm. and letting people know if you have this situation, this is where you need to. Right. This is where we need to go. This is what you need to do to really, really, really help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think I think uh, awareness is where it all starts. Where it all starts. Mm. You've talked also about judging. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that because I find that we live in a society. Mm-hmm. I think social media makes it worse, <laughs> where people are so quick to judge without taking time to understand. You see, you have judged. She's loose. That's why this happened to her. She's this, it can only be her problem. How as a society can we take time to also take time to understand and not be quick to judge? Because it's a, I, f- I find it's a disease we have. Mm. I, I, I actually think it's a biological. There's a scientific explanation to judging. I oh. don't know if... I, <laughs> oh, really? I, I don't know if I'm right, but I think the brain has to... You have to tell your brain something. Mm-hmm. Whenever, you, like, whenever I see you, mm-hmm. I have to tell my brain something about you. Otherwise, right. my brain will not settle. Yes. So my brain will use information from whatever sources, either from mm. my past, my experiences with you or with other people. It uses information from wherever. It is true. To come up with a statement about you, because the brain you have to set the brain has to right. write something about you. Like yes. It's, I think there's a scientific reason. It is. It is true. <laughs> and we explain it yes. in mindfulness. Yes. Why the power of the brain? That's why it's so important for you. There's a, a lady called Regina Pali mm. who, who wrote about the predictive brain. Mm. Told the brain, Priscilla Monio Ishikiku, this yeah. is it. I've told a story about it, and you've told your brain a story about me as a duo. The brain registers that. that and yeah. so when something happens, you almost default to, oh my, I cannot do this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a learning. And this learning takes place at our dinner tables in our families. Exactly. Where we are like, women are not like this. this. Women are not, not to be trusted. You know, women are... And those conversations we tell our brain and our brain registers. And we almost have to uneducate the brain. And this is the software update mm. where when you take time mm. to breathe and listen to yourself mm-hmm. and listen to the stories you're telling yourself you can go no but i connected with priscilla mm-hmm. i just saw her yeah i trust yeah and there is that yeah. and 
we can get on until something happens. Yes. So I do not start from the default of, oh my, I'm dealing with someone from this, mm. I cannot start. And so you're right, yeah. it is what we tell our brains. brains. So I yeah. think it's, it's, it requires very proactive proactivity and it requires effort. Self-awareness. Yeah, yes. self-awareness. Right. And uh, what I try to do is... Um, I always tell myself that mm. everyone has good intentions unless you prove me otherwise. I like that. Yeah. So and whenever you say something to me, mm. and I, I don't try, although maybe the way you did it was not the right way, mm. I always say, you're coming from a good place. You have the right intention. And actually, mm. this has worked for me, especially in the workplace. Right. Assume good intentions. Yeah. I always assume everyone comes mm. with a good intention. It's Which just the, the way they are doing it. It's true. Yeah. Yes. So that one has kind of worked against me sometimes because mm. sometimes people don't have good intentions. Mm. So I always ask myself, what is your intention? You mm. know, so, yeah, what is right. why, What are you trying to do? So you're trying to tell me, because there are people who are direct, mm. for example. Like, for mm. example, I am, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the color energies. Yes, yellow, uh, orange, right. uh, sorry, yellow, blue, green. Ah, So for me, yes. I am a super high yellow and green. There are people who are now red. A red mm. person will come and be brief and be gone, that mm. kind of person. Yeah, like uh, they come and tell me something very directly. Mm. And since I'm a green, you have to show me care. Mm. I, I can take it personally. So right. I always go back and ask myself, what is your intention? Mm. Your, your intention is to actually give me feedback on how to improve on myself. So right. I don't take it personally. I don't feel mm. bad about it because mm. of the way you, mm. you, 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 deliver the message so we we have to start appreciating that people in the society we are all different, different yeah right. we are Absolutely. all different yes. we come from different personalities right. we have different personalities we come from different backgrounds we have different childhood experiences that may right. impact our behavior right. you know so just appreciating that people are different mm. ask yourself what is the intention of this person is the mm. intention to help me right. is the intention to you know if I don't know you, I'll start yes. from a point of yes. you have good intention. It's just that you don't know how to. You're not delivering it the way I want right. you. I want you to deliver it in my own, you know, perception. You know, that is yeah. hard, but that is really good. My mm -hmm. manager always reminds me mm -hmm. of, you know, assume, you know, always assume people are coming from and, and good it's place. true. Yeah, from a good place. Mm -hmm. They mean to. They may deliver it in not a good place, mm -hmm. but they're coming from a good good place. Yes, um, the intention is what matters. The intention is what matters. Mm -hmm. I really like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. As we come to a close, what, what do you feel is your mission? Uh, actually, I have a mission statement mm -hmm. uh, to be impactful. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me read it for you. Actually, I have a life plan. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I do a life plan is mm -hmm. because I want to be very intentional. So I'm going to read it out for you. Okay. So my mission is in this world is to be remarkable in all the roles in my life. Mm -hmm. I want to have a positive impact on the people around me. I never lose sight of what is important and, and always seeking to become the best I can be. The reason why I actually, this is my overarching, um, you know, mission of right, yeah, everything I do drives towards this, and, and this determines the decisions you make every day, every day, isn't it? Every day. Yeah. and uh, how I, I, I want to be the best. Friend, if you are my friend, I want to be a very mm. good friend to you. If you are mm. my mother, I want to be a good mother. Mm. If I'm my wife, I want to be a good wife. Mm. If I'm a colleague, I want to be the best colleague. Right. Like, not the best, but the, you're a good colleague. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. how I look at it is today, if 
uh, it was my 100th birthday or it was my funeral, mm. what do I want Dorothy to say? Mm. I want Dorothy to say I was supportive, I was, I was inspiring, I was right. So what can I do today to make Dorothy say those things? Yeah. Beginning with the end in mind. Yes, yes. Beginning really, exactly. That impacted me mm -hmm. because I remember it changed as in, uh, as in compass then. Mm. It shows you how old I am. But <laughs> it was like, I thought, yeah, that's how I want. What does what do I want Priscilla to say? If something happened, mm -hmm. that this is who I was, and I want to be true mm -hmm. to that mission, mm -hmm. to that role in life, mm -hmm. and that's what drives me. Yes. Yeah. And for me also is uh, people sending me messages. I actually measure mm. that, the impact I have. For example, um, I I used to be head of marketing for African. Mm. The marketing managers were reporting to me, and when I moved roles. I, I still have two or three of them where we chat once a month right. just to on even personal stuff. Mm. Like I'm still impacting them positively, mm. you know, like in whatever experiences I can share with them, etc. Mm. And then uh, maybe during uh, New Year or um, Christmas, someone sends you a message. Since I met you, things have changed. That's how I measure oh, how right. I how I impact yeah, people. Right. Yeah. So I, when I get such a message from someone, or when I have a, a conversation with you, maybe two years down the line, we meet again, and you tell me, you know, mm. that conversation you be had, mm. it really changed me. So that's how I measure. I measure my life basically. Right. I measure the impact I'm having on people. When mm. now people send me such messages, or we meet again, or um, even after not working with you directly, you still we still have those catch ups. Right. You know, because you you actually want me to continue mentoring you as a person. Right. Right. So yeah, I I that's how I I measure the success of the things I'm doing and actually those things those are the things that keep me going because I know that uh, I was put in this world to make it a better place and to make and, and I want everything I touch to literally mm. turn to gold including the people I interact with so if I have an opportunity exactly, mm. if I have an opportunity to talk to you or share something with you that will make you a better person or will mm. make you make a better decision I, I'm, I'm happy to do that anytime mm. anytime so we met, you know, at this, you know, you're a mentor mm -hmm. to, to, to many women, to organizations, yes. and we, we met at, you know, an event. You're a busy woman, mm -hmm. you're the GM, everyone looks up to you. You're a mom with two kids who special needs, mm -hmm. who need a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. You're a daughter, mm -hmm. you're a sister, mm -hmm. you're an auntie. Mm -hmm. uh, you're telling me about some of the amazing things to do. Where do you find time for Priscilla? <laughs> I have uh, what we call midday's each month. Mm -hmm. So during my midday, I take my, my kids, I go to my mom's place okay. and I have the weekend for myself. So that weekend is about me. So whatever I do is about me. So either I go to a spa mm -hmm. or I just, I, I do uh, what you call um, vegetation. Vegetation mm -hmm. is, I just sit on that couch. I order Glovo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and go to the bathroom. That's the only thing I'll do. <laughs> Ordering love and go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's it. So yeah, I have those weekends mm -hmm. uh, to just self care, and then also I like jumping a lot. Right. So just to keep my sanity, I mm -hmm. write down a lot during these mm -hmm. meetings. I just um I look at my life or the month because I do mm -hmm. it once a month or one weekend a month. I look at that month and say, what have I learned? Mm -hmm. What were my highs? What were my lows? Mm -hmm. For the lows, how did I did I um handle them? Should I have right. done it better? Like now, last month, uh, this month, in March now, uh, I, I remember I had a conversation with someone and I, and I reflected, I'm like, maybe I should have not 
said some things, mm-hmm. you know. You know, just reflecting and saying, you know what, um, maybe I should have done it differently. Right. And then uh, when I realized that, I called the person and say, you know what, uh, that day, I don't think we, I, it ended well. I'm mm-hmm. going to apologize. Also, apologizing and saying you're sorry and admitting you're, you're, not, you're not perfect. Right. You're a human being. Mm-hmm. And when you're wrong, just being strong enough to say, Same. you know, yeah, right. I am wrong and I'm sorry about this. So, yeah, I do a lot of that. And mm-hmm. that's uh, mindfulness. And right. also reflecting exactly. back. I like reflecting. I love reflecting. And looking at each and every situation and mm-hmm. saying, did I do it the best? The way I could or should I have done it better? And if I feel I should have done it better, I will try and salvage, not salvage, but try and make it better by right. calling the person and ask, what did, I, I'm sorry if I if felt like I was being too X or Y. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I like doing that a lot. I really love that because that's a reflective life. Yeah. And I think that's what reflection does. When mm. you take time to actually look at your life and be able to go, Mm, how did I do yesterday? Mm. I didn't. Mm. Then you're able to make it right yeah. and you're able to become better. Yeah. And, and and I really think that's a good way of uh, ending the podcast and asking people to have some me times mm. where you think about what you've done. Yes. And like you said, like Priscilla, not being afraid to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. When it's super important to it's be super important. Yeah, to, to just because um, it's just another thing. Sometimes we are too proud. Mm. You think just because you're an GM, yeah, right. I mean, how would I go and say sorry to someone who's right. underneath me? Like under, under, uh, You're yeah. meant to be giving orders. Orders, not the other way around. Giving orders. Yes. So, so uh, when I have those conversations, mm. rather when I reflect and I and mm. I realize maybe this conversation should have gone the other way, I try and uh, solve the situation by you know calling the person and having a chat again about that. Yeah, right. Maybe... I came off as defensive, for example. Yeah, and you listen, you need to be a good listener exactly. for that to happen, yes, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe I was just having a bad day for right. whatever reason. Or right. Maybe it's something that had had nothing to do with them. Just being able to go back and say, I'm sorry. Right. Are you good at taking feedback? I've had to learn. Mm. I think it's not easy for anyone to take mm. feedback because mm. it can come off as criticism. And right. Especially someone who's been uh, in my situation where you have low self-esteem issues right. in the past. Mm. It can come off as being criticized or you're trying to pull me down. Right. So I, I, I have, have had to work on it. Mm. Uh, and what I do, whenever I even have performance review, mm. I don't write anything positive. Mm. I just note down the feedback I'm getting in terms of what to improve. Okay. And then I, I actually develop actionable ac- like plans. Like I say, uh, my boss told me I need to do X. Mm. For example, he, I can just give an example. Mm. My boss told me... Uh, uh, some time back that mm. uh, I needed to be more proactive when mm. it, com- it comes to coming up with plans, especially when I see mm. uh, I'm not going to be able to achieve the monthly target. So I, because of that, I, come up, I came up with a process where on the 15th of every month, mm. I sit down with all the marketing managers and we come up with something called short plans. So mm. we look at how many orders or how many things, or rather how many orders do we need to get to the monthly target? Mm. And are we going to get there? If you're not going to get there, what can we do today? What short plan can we put in place? So that we can right. achieve. To mitigate, yes. Yeah. So I took that feedback uh, of me not being so proactive mm. and I, I was able to uh, come up with a plan mm. to make sure that uh, we are consistently checking whether we are going to, you know, be proactively checking uh, right. against target whether we are going to achieve and if not, we come up with a short plan. Right. So that's an example. Right. So I think it's not easy for anyone to take feedback but I, it's possible for you to um, work on it and, right. you know, take it positively, you know. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you can get feedback, and because the person is uh, is not giving feedback with care, right? Exactly. It can come off very so it can come off like it's criticism, and mm. it may, may not be helpful for you. 
So even me as a manager, I have to be aware about that and How when I'm giving think, feedback. Right. I have to make sure I show the person the importance mm. of them changing mm. their behavior. So um, I remember we were trained about what we call an ASCA model in terms mm. of giving feedback. Mm. When you're giving the feedback, note down the observation, which is the O, right. and explain the situation, mm -hmm. and then explain the consequences of them doing what they were doing, right. and then come up with an action or alternative behavior mm. or alternative um, mm. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and then I'll show them uh, what result they should expect once they change that behavior, mm -hmm. so that at least they see it as a benefit on their side. Right, as well. I like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So important to know how to give feedback and receive and receive feedback. Mm -hmm. What a lovely way to end this podcast. Yes, Thank yes. you so much. You're Priscilla. very very welcome. Thank you for having me, and I'm glad to have time. Thank you for making time yes, for you. me. I really appreciate You're it. You're very welcome. Well, that's all today in No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Instagram, No Head Podcast. Catch you next time, my friend. May you always take the opportunity to let people know that they're not alone. May you be vulnerable. And may you be courageous to be you. Bye-bye.